I want to welcome you guys to church again. So glad for all of you that are in the building today. I want to take some time to welcome those that are tuning in online right now. Dad, shout out to you. I know my dad, no shout out here, but my dad's watching online right now. And so uh, there's so many people. I know for many of you, you probably have friends and family that are tuning in. Maybe you invited them to online church today. Uh, God can still work through this camera. So we're believing for miracles to take place wherever you're watching from as well. Uh, if, if you're brand new here to Celebration, I want to take some time just to say thank you for coming out. I know anytime you step foot in any place that's new, specifically even a church, it's like uh, it, it could be really intense. And uh, I just want you to know that Celebration is a safe place. This is a place where you can absolutely belong before you go and get all the things that you think you need to get together in your life. You'll, you'll never have it all figured out. So this is a space that I believe is meant just for you. Uh, you know, Pastor Cherie, she just took up the, the, the Titan offering today. And I wanted to kind of make just a little plug for something uh, that we have taking place here called Financial Peace University. And uh, we actually have a licensed coach here on campus uh, that's helping people in the area of their finances. This is a group that we actually have just started this past week. But this next week, uh, we're meeting again. And before the group gets going, it's going to be really difficult to jump in. So I'm just making one last ditch effort to invite maybe a family, maybe you're a, a single parent, maybe you're a, a couple and you want to grow in the area of your finances. We have seen God do miracles through this course, uh, just the practical steps of how to work the money that you already have. If you're interested uh, in being a part of this class, you're going to have to make a decision really, really soon. But I know uh, whether you're here on campus or online, on the Celebration USA app, you can sign up under Grow Groups. It's a tab that says Grow Groups. You can sign up there. Or if you're on campus, uh, our coach will be out there at the Connect Point. You could actually go sign up there in person with him today. It's going to be good. Also, in just a couple of weeks, it is Easter Sunday. Is anybody excited about Easter? Um, we're not just celebrating uh, the life of Jesus, which we are, uh, of what Jesus did for us. Um, we, we believe that Easter is, is a weekend that most people that wouldn't go to church would actually consider going. And uh, we have something that we're going to be doing here on Easter Sunday. But before I talk about that, I want to let you know that we're actually starting off on Friday night at 6 p.m. Friday evening, we have a Good Friday service plan. We're going to be here in the building. Uh, for those of you that want to be a part, I want to encourage you, come on out. We're going to worship God. We're going to take communion. And even in talking to Pastor Randy, he says, I'm really just believing that it's going to be a night of healing. And uh, there's something to be said about that. We believe that on that Friday that, that, that healing is going to go forth, regardless of what you're facing in your world. So make sure you make plans to be a part, whether it's here in the building or it's online. Uh, and then leading to some Sunday, we have two experiences, a 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock. So you have uh, the chance to choose what service you want to be a part of. Uh, both of those will take place in person. We will also be online. But, but I don't know about you. Last Easter, I was at home, and it was like cool, you know. But there's something to be said about being in the room. And I want to encourage you, if, 
if, if you're out there and you've been wondering when, when, when's a good time to get started, I think Easter Sunday could be a great time for you to get back in the building with your family. Uh, that's why we're having two services to create some more space. I know we got some incredible things planned for the kids as well. And uh, in talking to our creative department, man, we went through some of the songs that they're going to be singing, some of the videos that they're going to be showing. And, and I'm just, I cannot wait. I'm like, can we just start it today and play that every single week leading up until Easter? It's going to be really, really good. And uh, I want to encourage you, don't just be thinking about yourself and your family. Think about the people in your circles of influence that might need hope. One of the easiest ways to do that, whether you do it in person to invite someone, we have digital invites that are on our Celebration USA app. If you go to the Celebration USA app, you'll see the Easter icon there. You can click that. When you click that, it'll send you to our digital invites. You can click one of those pictures and, and send it to a friend, inviting them to Easter Sunday. I believe if we all do our part, we can see miracles not just take place in our lives, but in the lives of those that we love. How how many think that's a good idea to invite somebody to Easter? Well, I'm excited about today's message. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by reading our opening story, and uh, I know a lot of times like our opening verse. I got a story, so I need you to bear with me as I read through this story, because really this story is gonna give uh, context to where we're going today. It's gonna really set the foundation for what we're gonna be talking about today. And before you tune me out. This, this is a, a, a story that some would say, yeah, it's a story for kids. You know, David and Goliath, it's, it's a kid's story. But I believe we're going to learn some things today about the life of David that could forever change your life. In verse 32 out of 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says this, Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and I'll fight him. Just to give a backdrop, David shows up to bring some food to his brothers, and while he's there, there's this, there's this giant that's just, he's pretty much just freaking everybody out. No one wants to fight him. All the people in God's army are like backing up, and David's like, no, like I'm not afraid. I will go fight him. So now David is trying to take a stand, and this is Saul's reply to him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine, David said. So finally, uh, so, so Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet of coat of mail, uh, David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and he took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such a thing before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream, and he put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath, he walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him. Sneering into contempt, uh, he looks at David and he says, Am I a dog, he roared, that you come at me with a stick? He cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds 
and the wild animals Goliath yelled. But David replies to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you, and this is going to get real gory, and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for your word that is alive today. And God, I'm just praying in the next 20 minutes that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment. We know you're here, and we know that you are aware of every circumstance that lies within this room and with everyone that is watching right now online. And we have an expectation, God, for you to intervene. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, Growing up, uh, when I'd go into my pantry at home, um, there was a lot of different things in there, and uh, cockroaches were one of them, but, um, but there was also always in the back, just always a pack of ramen noodles. Any ramen noodle lovers in the place? Awesome. I didn't like ramen noodles, though. I'm not a noodle guy. I, I like things with like protein on the inside of them, so our ramen noodles were always, it was always fully stacked. Uh, no one in my family ever really ate the ramen noodles. My, my mom was always preparing for like the end of the world to happen, so we always had a lot of items like that that had some shelf life. And so never really grew up, grow, grew up eating ramen noodles, and uh, I didn't think I'd ever like them until about uh, two years ago. I was in the mountains, and uh, my brother-in-law, he was preparing ramen noodles. And, uh, and I'm looking at the ramen noodles, and I'm not too, like, fond of them, you know, but he said, no, you, you got to try them. And so I, I take a bite of the ramen noodles and my life changed forever. I, I was in awe of how delicious they were. I was in awe. Of, I'm, I'm thinking Olive Garden has nothing on the ramen noodles, Nick, that you just made. I was, it was, it blew my mind. I'm serious. I talked about it for days. Uh, I'm determined that when I get home, I'm going to go get some ramen noodles. I'm going to make ramen noodles for my family, and they're going to look at, look at me like I'm like the master chef. And so I, I go to the store. I get the noodles, the same noodles that we cooked up at camp, and, and, and I'm preparing them, and I you know, pour a bowl for my kids and, and my wife and myself, and we, we all take a bite. And I'm just like, I'm just, you ever cook something, and you're waiting for someone to take a bite just so they could like applaud about great your, yeah, so I'm doing that. And nobody seemed impressed. I, I took a bite, and, and I wasn't impressed. Um, I was a little bit, you know, troubled, thinking maybe I just, maybe the, the noodles, I, the water was too hot, so I go get some more, I do it again, and, and sure enough, it tastes the same. And I do this for like two to three days, trying to, to emulate what my brother-in-law made up at camp, and, and it's not working. And so I call him, and I'm frustrated. Nick, what in the world did you put in the ramen noodles? He's like, I, I, I forgot to, to let you know, you actually need to put a stick of butter in the ramen noodles uh, while they're, and I'm thinking, a, a stick of butter. I was unaware about this ingredient that created this miraculous thing. Uh, the, the title of my message today is this, Can Miracles Really Happen? Can miracles really happen? And I want to take some time 
to talk about the things that lie within the miracles that you and I may be unaware about. There's things that lie within a miracle that are absolutely essential if you're ever going to experience a miracle in your life. I think it's first and foremost important to understand that God is still able to do miracles. God is still able to turn situations around. God is able to take situations that look like there's no hope, and he can turn it around by tomorrow. God is still in the business of doing miracles. And, and when I think about this story of David going after this giant, uh, I think this story is so common, we just like dismiss it as, as if it's normal. But this is like a little kid. He's not significantly big. Goliath has been taking people out for a really, really long time, yet David finds himself at the end of the story, the ultimate winner. This is nothing short of a miraculous sign from God. But there's some things that we need to take out of this story, some things that I hope we're not unaware about as it pertains to the things that lie within the miracle. The first thing that I think is really, really valid as it pertains to experiencing miracles is number one, your participation matters. Your participation matters. In verse 40, it says, he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in a shepherd's bag. Then armed with only shepherd and staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Your participation matters. Uh, a while back, my kids, they were getting really interested in jumping in swimming pools, and we realized really, really quickly, we need to get them in swim class. And so we took them to swim class, and, and uh, today they all love swimming. Uh, but, but there was a day when they would first get into that swimming pool with the teacher, and they just kind of sit there just floating. They don't want to swim. They're, just, they're doing absolutely nothing. They, they look like Jack just on the Titanic floating down to the bottom. They're not moving. They're not doing anything. And the teachers have enough sense to say, listen, I need you to do what you can do so I can then do what you can't do. And I think a lot of times in life when we are in need of a miracle, we have this thought that says, well, if it's God's will, It'll just happen. And we put all the pressure on God to do so much without us even participating. But your participation absolutely matters. David understood it was not enough for him to know that God was able to take out this giant. David knew that he would have to participate and go out onto the battlefield. Your participation matters. It's absolutely important. Why is my participation important? God sees the pain I'm going through. Why can't God just turn my situation around? God sees the pain that my family's experiencing. Why can't God just go and fix it? You see, when God created every single one of us, he gave us this thing called free will. In other words, God did not design you to be a robot. He gave you the power to choose. And as much as God would love to intervene and do miracles in your life, he cannot do it without your consent. And, and because he can't do it without your consent, God needs a legal invitation to intervene. And this is going to rhyme. And you're going to think this is really cheesy. 
But this is, but I hope it sticks with you. I always wanted to be a rapper, so I put these three words together. I, I was going to have them put an instrumental rap beat in the back, but they said, no, that's, that's too much. But listen, your participation is a direct invitation for God to get involved in your situation. There it is, right? I've always wanted to do that. Your participation is a direct invitation for God to get involved in your situation. Your participation matters. God wants to intervene, but he needs your consent. Your participation is what gives God consent to intervene. While your participation matters, though, how you participate matters more. While your participation matters, how you participate matters more. About 10 years ago, I got a lot of stories today. About 10 years ago, <laughs> I, yeah, that's, I, that makes me feel really old. There was a day when I'd say 10 years ago and I was only 10. Now it's like, wow, you were 22. Sheesh. 10 years ago, I was out in this lobby with uh, one of my buddies and uh, another staff member. And, uh, and, and, and we, we, we love to talk to people all the time. But there was this one guy that we knew, if you ever get caught into conversation with this guy, you are going to be stuck for the entirety of service. And by the time the building is empty, you will still be there. So we knew. And, 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 we, and I, I looked at him, and I, I, I said, Jacob, this guy, and uh, Jacob's parents are here. But I, sa I, said, I said, Jacob, he likes to talk to us, too. I, maybe we're just the nice staff members. I don't know. But we just had, we had a problem saying, like, no, we can't talk. We, were, we just went, yeah, how are you doing? And, and I said, Jacob, we can never let him catch us together because then we're both stuck. I said, I got a plan, though. Let's keep our distance in the lobby, and let's have code words. And so our code words are simple. I said, Jacob, if I do like a yawn stretch, that means like I'm okay. If I do like a yawn stretch and like do this, like oh, uh, like tap the, tap the lips, that means like come rescue me in five more minutes. Jacob, if I do like a yawn and I start scratching the back of my head, that means intervene. That means come and rescue me. That means come and say, hey, Andrew, we need you really quick. We got to go. We, so we had, and we, we were so excited. We added other dumb signals. Like if I scratched like the side of the belly, that means like two minutes. We, we were making this so much more difficult, but we were so excited. So now like we, I get caught in conversation. He catches me. And I'm thinking, I'm kind of excited though. I'm like, I'm going to see if our hand signals work. But it's a whole lot different remembering your signals when someone's looking at you eyeball to eyeball. And, and so I, I'm looking at Jacob and... Um, and, and I got to go, and, and I'm thinking, okay, what was the, the rest? So I'm like, oh, like yawning and trying not to be obvious. And I can see Jacob, and he's like giving me a thumbs up. And I'm like, no, like rescue me. And, and I'm, I'm like scratching the side. Like, and I'm, he's like, he's giving me, and I'm like, rescue me. And, and I, I couldn't have been anymore. I mean, I, I was nearly yelling. And, 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 and finally, after time goes by, the guy finally leaves, and Jacob comes over. He, and, and I'm like, dude, what were you thinking? I was trying to get your attention. He, he said, no, like you were, you said if you scratch your head, that's when I, when I intervene, and you never, never did that. Uh, I think it's also super important to understand 
that, that, that you can participate, but if you're not participating how God needs you to participate, he still does not have legal access to invade your situation. Uh, this is really funny because in this story, this, this is what tends to happen right here in verse 38. It says, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped uh, a sword over it, and he took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such a thing. But David says this, I can't go in these. He protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. What I've realized a lot of times when you find yourself in the pressure cooker of life, you're in need of a miracle. There's going to be a tendency for you to do something. There's going to be a tendency for you to act on how you feel you should act. And a lot of times we're going to pick up our method of what we believe we should do when we're feeling the pressure. So we pick up a sword that God has never intended for you to pick up. Dave, David understood, I, I can't fight my battles like the world fights their battles. I'm to participate, but I can't just do it like they need to do it. God, how do you want me to participate? So God has a method for you to do. Your participation is absolutely essential in life. What I've learned when, when, when you go through things, people want to give you advice on what you think you should do. Everyone wants to tell you how you should fight that battle. And you have to be very cautious that when you participate, you are not participating the way someone else is called to participate. You are to play your part the way God calls you to play your part. A, a lot of times in life, you know, you want to see a miracle in your kid's life, and, and you're here stretching like, God, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. And God's like, how about you just start loving them? How about you just start participating? For some of us in this place, man, we're struggling financially, and you're already working two jobs, and you're like, God, I need a third job. And God's like, how about you just start doing what we agreed would fix the problem? Just, just participate the way I've called you to participate. Your participation absolutely matters, but how you participate matters more. And, and can I just, just let you know, a lot of times the part that you play looks as insignificant as this stone. Sometimes the method that God is trying to get you uh, to collaborate with looks absolutely foolish to give, to get ahead, to love those that hate me. I, I mean, seriously, the way that God is going to ask you to participate will not register with most people that believe this is the method that you are to participate with. If you go home trying to explain to a bunch of people that this is how you're going to take out your giant, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Why? Because if you're going to fight a giant, you're surely going to have to get out another loan. You're surely going to have to go do this. You're surely going to have to go make them pay for what they did for you. But if you do, you might miss out on God intervening in your situation. How you participate absolutely matters. This is why I love coming to church. Why? Because when, when, when you come to, to church, you start to learn how you're to participate. This is why grow groups are so important. Why? Because when you go to a grow group and you jump into one of those classes, you, you learn how God would desire for you to participate. That's why growing in relationships, building the right relationships are important because they're going to remind you, you were never called to fight with the sword. Do things God's way. When you participate right, get ready. Because that's what gives God consent to intervene in your life. Ben, you can come up and help me close. 
Your participation matters, but how you participate matters, matters more. I believe, uh, you know, in settings like this, there's always like extra energy in the room. Maybe you're at home and you feel like really pumped up because it's Sunday and, and you're like super ready to start doing things God's way, to participate, to participate not your way, but to participate his way. You're ready to tell everybody, I'm done doing things my way. I'm ready to do things God's way. And, and it's really easy to have that pep in your step on Sunday. But what do you do when the giant is still looking at you eyeball to eyeball on Monday? What happens when you've done everything you know to do and it's been two weeks now and your problem just seems to go from bad to worse? What do you do when you've been participating? You're on God's plan. You're, you're believing. You're expecting for great things, but your kids still want nothing to do with Jesus. Um, what I've learned a lot of times is that, like, God promises he'll, he'll do things, but he doesn't necessarily tell you when they're going to happen. Um, he tells you he can do this, and, and he can. I've seen God do miracles in, like, instantly. I've seen God do miracles within a day. But then there's times I've seen, I've seen it take about a year. It's taken two years. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't sit here giving you a timeline of when that giant in your life is going to go tumbling down. But what I'm hoping that you don't do when you're facing that same battle on Monday, I'm hoping you don't start to retract. Because there's going to be a temptation to retract from the promises of God. For some of you, there's going to be a temptation to put down God's way and, and, and you're going to start picking up the sword. Because my giant is still there, God. It doesn't seem to be changing. One of the reasons why I think it's really easy to retract, what I've seen in my own personal life is is that the problem or the magnitude of my problem starts to magnify my deficiencies. The magnitude of what I'm facing starts to magnify my deficiencies. David steps onto that battlefield, participating just like he knew he was supposed to. And the giant starts to talk down on him. What do you do when you wake up on Monday and you're doctor's report still says you're really, really, really sick. What do you do when you wake up on Monday and your kid still wants nothing to do with you and they sit there reminding you of how bad of a parent you were when they were kids? What do you do when your deficiencies are being magnified? What do you do when, when you leave Sunday and, and then you're just reminded back in the real world how deficient you really are. Kind of back to my little swim class story. Thank God for swim class. Uh, and so when, when, we go, when we would leave swim class, um, a lot of times my girls, they get really amped up. Kind of like we do on Sundays. We get like really amped up, getting ready, ready to take on any swimming pool there is. So we take them to their Roro's house, which Roro is Pastor Cherie's middle name. I'm, that's not really Roro. I'm not sure what her middle name is, but they call her Roro. So we go to Roro's house to go swimming. And uh, 
And, and in case you didn't know, that's their grandmother. And, she, and it, I'm sorry, I said the G word. She don't like the G word. That's why we call it Roro. Um, and so my kids are amped up like, Dad, I want to go. Like, they really want to go. Why? Because they, 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 learned how to, they learned how to do something. And so I'm like, awesome, let's go. They convince us to go. And, and, and I jump in the pool, and now I'm looking at my kids like, all right, jump. And their face goes from excitement to, like, sheer panic. Why? Because the magnitude of that problem, which for them is the swimming pool, starts to magnify their deficiencies, their inability to be a good swimmer. They know they're no match for that swimming pool and their deficiencies start causing them to want to retract. And in that moment, they have one of two decisions to make. Either I can retract and miss out on what I'm called to experience or I can take a step off the ledge of this pool. You see, the moment that their feet leave that pool. They've just said bye-bye to their deficiencies and they've said hello to dependency. The cure to your deficiencies is dependency. Not in you, but in God. When you're feeling deficient after you've picked up this stone, instead of retracting because of your deficiencies, step into dependency. God, I'm now depending on you to do what you said you would do. God, I've held up my part of the bargain. God, now I'm just depending on you. When your family comes and says, well, your doctor's report looks the same, I know, but I'm still depending on him. When your kids say, I want nothing to do with you, mom, I know, but I'm still depending. When your deficiencies start to yell at you, you better jump in to dependency. And can I remind you, your God is absolutely dependable. David had to make a conscious decision when that giant was yelling at him. Most of us would have ran off. I, I probably would have. Or at least went back to pick up a sword. But David was like, no, no, no. I'm going to step into something called complete dependency. That the God that started a good work will be faithful to complete what he started. Miracles can absolutely happen. Your participation matters how you participate matters more when the temptation to retract starts to mess with you leave your deficiencies by being completely dependent on the God that asked you to pick up the rock we believe in miracles here at Celebration Church we know that we play our part but don't we may look really confident up here and we are but our confidence is not in us. When we pray for people, complete dependency, God, that you will do what you said you would do. When we believe and pray for you on Monday, complete dependency, God, that you will do what you said you would. God, we will do our part, but now I'm depending. So on Monday, when things look scary, uh-uh, shake off the deficiencies. I'm depending on God. When things look bad next week, uh-uh. I'm depending on God, and I, I just need somebody to know God will not fail you. God will not fail you. God will not fail you. And just to silence just that negative lying thought in the back of some of your 
minds. The outcome of someone else's story doesn't have to be the narrative of your story. So many times we watch other people from a distance and we see what happened in their life and we allow that to influence God's character in our life. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. You have to believe. I don't know their story, but their outcome doesn't have to be my outcome. My God is faithful. My God is just. I, I just can't go there. Can I be really, really vulnerable with you? And I don't have all the answers by any, any means. But I remember in our life, this one specific night, and I've shared this story so many times, but I rarely talk about this one part of this, this story. For three weeks, we were in the ICU with our, our, at the time, our youngest kid. We had already been in there for like two and a half weeks, and, and, and it's, it's draining. It is so draining being in a hospital, watching your kid just go from bad to worse every week, and I'll never forget one day leaving the hospital. I went to my in-laws' house, and uh, we had just gotten like really good news, so we thought, wow, let's celebrate. Let's go get some food and have some frozen yogurt. And as soon as I'm getting ready to take a bite of my frozen yogurt, the doctor calls and says, hey, the moment you left, things just got really bad. And it's looking like your kid's heart is going to collapse. So when you come in, she's not going to be in the room where you left her. And I remember like dropping my spoon. And I remember wanting to give up. I remember being so upset and so tired. Like, God, I'm, I'm done believing. God, I'm going to put this down and I'm going to pick this up instead. I remember that temptation. And you know what's funny? Is if I would have picked this up and stopped participating, my participation, God said, just don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. But, but, but if I would have picked this up, and let's just say my daughter didn't come out of that situation alive, most of you would have been looking at me like, wow, that was the preacher. And most of you would never have known the story of what took place in that hallway that day. Don't you for a moment look at someone else's outcome and connect the character of God to it. The God I believe in is the God of the Bible. I believe in David's God. I believe in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. I believe in the God of Lazarus, and even it's dead, it can come back to life again. We believe in miracles in this place. I just want to pray for you today. I want to pray for those of you that are online. We're just going to pray. We're going to pray and we're just going to believe that God would do miracles in your life. I don't know what you need in your life, but could you just have an expectation? For those of you in this building, would you just stand to your feet? For those of you that are at home, would you just stand off your couch for a moment? We, we're just going to pray and we're going to depend on him. I'm not the healer. These guys are not the healer, but we're going to do what we're to do. And then we're going to believe that God will do what he said he would do. If, if you have something physical going on in your body, would you just raise your hand? If there's a, a fi, fi, something physical, awesome, you can, you can put your hands down. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray. Tavo said this earlier. That, that, that sickness is not God's best for your life. If, if, if Jesus never came to this earth, died on a cross, took stripes on his back, then, then I think we'd say, hey man, good luck. Like, I hope things pan out. But because Jesus did 
what he did. You and I have access to something called health. And healing is accessible in this moment for you. We're going to pray. We're going to do our part. And, and listen, you might experience healing instantly, but it might be there on Monday. And when it's on there on Monday and your deficiencies try to get the best of you, what do you do? Step into dependency. After this moment, you are walking in healing. After this moment, everything changes. When you start getting nervous, nah, I'm depending. The miracle is still in my possession. God, right now, I just pray for every person in this building, and I pray for every person that is watching this online. And we just release your healing power, God, through the airways. We release your healing right now in this room, and we just declare sickness and disease, spirit of infirmity. You have no place in their life. In the name of Jesus, we command you to go. We declare healing to go forth. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. That's it. Be healed. So what are you going to do tomorrow? Not my healing's coming. I'm healed. I'm healed. You don't look healed. I know. I'm healed. I'm healed. Begin to declare that over your life. Declare that over your life. I'm healed. I'm healed. Isn't it interesting that before David cuts Goliath's head off, he goes and says what he's going to do before he actually does it? You need to start declaring what is. We keep talking about things like they are. Start calling things as they're supposed to be. And what God says over your life is that you are healed. You're healed. God's healing minds. There's people intellectually. You battle in the arena of your mind. Father, we just declare peace over every mind. God, I'm asking you to rewire things that only you can do. You are the great physician, and where things are miscued, God, would you just come in and realign some things? We declare peace that surpasses understanding to fill your people. With every head bowed and, and eye closed, before I have Tavo sing this song, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna invite people in this place that have never had a relationship with God to have that relationship. I know the idea of you and God being connected, like being on the same page with God kind of freaks you out because you know you and, and if God is perfect, how in the heck can you and God connect because of Jesus? Jesus was perfect. Jesus did what you could never do. And so in this moment, if you can put all your confidence in what Jesus did and his perfection and his good works, that's all you need to do to get connected to God. The Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you confess Jesus as your Lord, Je Jesus, I, I, I accept you and what you did for me. I need a savior. When you make that decision, your connection to God is aligned. And it cannot be disconnected because you never got connected by your own good works. Pray this with me today. And for those that have already made that decision, just in support of those making it, would you pray this as well? Say this. Say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. I believe that you lived for me. And I believe that you died for me. And I believe that God raised you from the dead for me.
Today I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Right where we're at. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 